Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. A little bit overcast today, Benny. You know, we've had more sun than I think Seattle's had in a summer in a really long time. We'll see more of it later. We will, yes. It's, or do you think you've acclimated? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I rode <laughs> okay, the motorcycle cool. for like four oh, days in a row, did. so I know exactly oh, how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that helmet looks like it's in really good condition. Uh, thank you. It <laughs> needs to be. It's protecting my little melon up there, you know? Don't, I only have one. Well, I don't think you've used it that much is kind of what I was referring to. Well, but you're not supposed to actually d- damage, I guess, oh, not, helmets. Yeah. And if you do, you're actually legally supposed You should get really? a new one. Yeah, yeah if you, it, this integrity and structure of a helmet, if it's uh, any way hurt or... You know, under it's a really false, cool helmet. Yeah, you, you should, should definitely get a new one. Show it to the camera. Yeah, you know? no, I'll leave it over there. I might have a few less listeners <laughs> really? or viewers. Aww. I don't know. It's my so, style. <laughs> um, so we're here in the studio today. We're doing one of the things that I love to do is interview people who I mm-hmm. believe are on the leading edge of thought. And recently, uh, I had a client who came to me via his wife. I see a lot of men that way, by the way. You know, their wives come in to see me, and the next thing I know, their husbands are coming in to see me. I I would say that not all husbands look thrilled. (laughs) They're (laughs) sitting on the couch going, okay, my wife is making me do this. Um, I would happily, I would like to report that the majority of them leave, you know, uh, fulfilled and um, pleased that they made the appointment. And so that's how I met Marty Perlman, Perlman, who is a writer and whose essay appears in a book called Dads of Disability, stories for, by, and about fathers of children who experience disability and the women who love them. Um, I, I think it's a lovely book. And of course, I heard about it. And welcome, Marty Perlman, to the show. Welcome, Marty. Marie. Thank you for having me. This is this is a thrill for me. Thanks. Oh, it's lovely to have you. And I just enjoyed our session our session so much. And I found out during the session that you are a writer. You know, you've been a writer. This is what you do professionally. You write. That's true. There's <laughs> sort of two hats. There's there's the fiction hat, and then there's the the hat that does the kind of writing that pays the bills. Ah, right. So you have you have multiple ways of writing. It's one of your favorite things to do. It's what I do. Yeah, it's what you do. And and you tell me about this book. And what really drew me to the book, of course, was getting to know you and, and hearing about the book, but also the way in which you describe your love and your joy of your son, Max, who was born with serious disabilities. That's, that's true. And um, when he was born, of course, as, as a dad, you have these dreams and hopes and you can't predict the future, but you don't think or know that it's going to go in the direction in, that it did in my case. It, it took a while, about a year, to really figure out that, that my son had severe disabilities. Right. There were signals and signs, but you don't know at first, and there's a lot of confusion right. involved with that. Right, and I, um, you know, I was a nurse for a long time, mm-hmm. and, and, and so as the baby's developing and growing, sometimes we it takes a while for medical pro- professionals to understand that that this isn't just a slow progress or a child that's taking more time. This is a child that actually has um, disabilities going on and may not flourish in the way that we think that children should flourish as they grow. And, and you do a lot of double think. You go, well, okay, he's a little behind in this, but you know, there's, there's room to catch up. And then a couple of months later, you're saying he didn't catch up. And then the, the appointments begin. And it's, it's like solving a mystery. Mm. And it takes many steps and many specialists to really finally make that decision that, yes, your child has cerebral palsy and we can help you and, and give you guidance, but this, this is what you're going to be facing. Mm, wow. And it's a shock. You, <laughs> you can't deny shock, it. Right? It is a shock. And right. you have to reinterpret how you're going to be um, a relationship with, with your son and, and how you're going to live your life. And also, there's a lot of unknown. A lot of unknown. And yeah. I think when you're, you know, caring for anyone, whether it's a child or an adult who has serious disabilities, but probably across the board, any form of disability, they can't always communicate to you what's going on. In Max's case, he could not communicate in the way that we communicate. I'm, I'm sure you found, you know, ways to read him and understand him and to uh, you know, care for him 
via the cues he gave you. <laughs> and, and he did give good cues, but I have this theory that he thinks or thought that I could read his mind, and I think that's, we got so close. Uh-huh. And I was able, you're right, I was able to interpret body yeah. language, facial mm-hmm. s- sounds that he would make. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's almost a form of mind reading that took place. Wow. On the other hand, he could not be explicit. You know, mm-hmm. I can tell you if I have a sore throat. I can tell you if I hurt my toe. Right. He could not be that explicit. Right, yeah. right. He, he, he couldn't communicate in the way that we're communicating right now. It was, he could not. Yeah, he could not. Yeah. Uh, and, and Max actually for, and, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here. Sure. But he actually lived, from my opinion, you know, working in healthcare, a really long time considering all the complications he had with his health. And I think it's because of the devoted and dedicated care that you gave him. Because as you know, children who have you know, mounting physical disabilities, their health is kind of in crisis a lot, you know. You know, I, I, again, I could not have predicted how long he would He did uh, pass away uh, a year ago, June. Yes, I'm so sorry. And um, that actually <clears throat> came really fast, which was surprising because when Max had his other challenges, they were usually more of a slower kind of decline. And then right at the cliff, the edge, he would pull back. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think he probably was a cat in an earlier life because he <laughs> definitely had nine lives. You're right, yeah. He had many, many times where there was joy and happiness and things were going well and we had a routine. Right. It could change pretty fast, mm-hmm. and it often did. I should also mention, and this, this goes against all my sense of what the laws of reality should be, he had cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and then he got a, a very severe cancer, when he was about eight years, seven years old. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem right. Why should someone who has cerebral palsy and dealing with all that have a life-threatening cancer, which we spent a year basically at Children's Hospital? Mm-hmm. Great, great facility. Yeah, that, I mean, Max is here because of them. But it didn't, it didn't align with me that mm-hmm. a, a person should experience that much mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was one of those moments because I, you know, after reading m- many of the essays and short stories in the book, you know, I could hear a lot of the pain and disappointment the parents had of their children not having, quote unquote, normal lives, you know, and, and not being able to um, play sports, perhaps. Or um, uh, like in your case, you did a lot of activities with Max in a wheelchair that where there really wasn't wheelchair access. You know? we, we tried to delimit the situation. Yeah. I, it, it, was, it, was, it was our philosophy that we're going to have Max do as much as he can do. And that meant coming on trips with us, going as many places as we could. We went camping several times. Wow, amazing. amazing. And we would get looks from other campers <laughs> because it is unusual to have this tent and there's this wheelchair. Right. And sometimes he then had some other special equipment. Of course, yes. Um, not the ordinary camping scene, (laughs) but uh, a subset of our philosophy is we wanted, this is not didactic, but part of me just wanted to show that this person in this wheelchair can do a lot. Right. And have a full and amazing life. And And I think it's really wonderful, and you wrote this in your essay, that all of the culture of on the planet learn to be comfortable with every type of human being and every type of life that a human being is living. In other words, I think it's really great for people with challenges of any kind that they be immersed in our culture. You know, I and, think and that's you are, healthy. You're seeing more and more Absolutely. individuals, whether they're children or adults, out in the world. I, I suppose, you know, 50, 60 years ago, many of these people would be behind doors. Right, right. My um, former husband's cousin had a severe disabilities, couldn't walk or talk, and needed to be fed. And I met her, um, you know, during our marriage. And he is from um, a Middle Eastern country. And so his family, when they were describing her health issues, didn't talk about it being a birth defect. They made it sound like it was an accident that occurred after mm-hmm. her birth. And I, I always thought it was because they really brought it home, you know, this that, that this happened as a tragedy after a normal birth. And I think it's because in many countries, disabilities are feared you know, more so than in the United States and perhaps throughout other European nations where, you know, we have wheelchair accessible 
buildings, not as many, I'm sure, as you would like, <laughs> but, um, but where in other countries, those things don't exist for people at all. You know, there isn't a lot of education. There's more of a shunning or um, a, a disappointment, so to speak, in the, in the culture. Um, but she was extraordinarily cared for. They actually so had a live-in person who took care of her. But everyone in the family took care of her. And she laughed constantly. She always had this most gorgeous smile on her face. Her name was Yegone. She lived until probably her late 20s, maybe early 30s. And everyone in the family took turns caring for her, holding her, carrying her, feeding her, changing her. And um, there was just tons of laughter around her care. It was Isn't really that interesting remarkable. that often, often kids with special needs have great laughs. Max had a great Did laugh. Did he really? Uh, some of the of his cohorts, great laughs. Um, here, here are people that are living very restricted lives physically, right? and yet there's that laugh. I, I'm impressed. I, you know, sometimes I think of Max as a, a kind of teacher for me. Showing yes, me, yes. Showing me ways to be right. given dire circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Well, even in our conversation, I can feel our audience energy actually kind of dropping. Um, and I think it's because people have ideas about how we're supposed to live our lives and, and how children need to be born. And one of the things that I so appreciated when I was working with you in our session is that you enjoyed your son as much as I've enjoyed my children. I mean, you, and I'm not saying that people with ch- children who have disabilities or other problems don't, but I've seen a lot in my practice who remain very disappointed and heartbroken mm-hmm. with the outcome of their child's lives, whether it happened at birth or later on or whatnot. And I found you to be so unique in that way that that you could go you know, into the world and all these challenges, like you wrote in your essay about being fatigued, you know, because you have to work, <laughs> oh, yeah. have a job to pay the bills, and then you have this big caretaking responsibility. And you were a single father for a good chunk of uh, Max's I, life. I was. I was. That, I have to say, very demanding, very challenging, all the above. You know, I didn't have any training for this. I was just a guy. <laughs> and, then, and then it happened. And in very few cases do we guys have any pre-training for this kind, right. of, kind of situation. Right, right. And I guess I sort of surprised myself that over the years I, I did develop real skills and abilities in caring for Max, uh, someone who had special needs. It increased my medical knowledge tenfold, hundredfold. <laughs> uh, just the daily things of dealing w- with him. I, I, I used to call it Maxercise. My, that's, <laughs> really? That was my daily. I like that. That's good. Is that a good I love idea? that. Yeah. That's great. Because of all the positioning and turning and, and whatnot, exercise was how <laughs> right, I stayed fit. Right, right, yes, right. I can tell he, you that, that, go ahead. that my arms would be a lot more toned if I were still a nurse because we had to lift patients all the time, transfer them, you know, from onto commodes and mm-hmm. turn them. And it kept my arms really buff, <laughs> so I can completely relate to that statement. It yeah. is a very physical thing. Yeah. yeah I want to say that Max was not like a frozen being who couldn't interact with the world. Yeah. Arms and legs could move, not necessarily the way we could or yeah. the way he would want them to, right. but he had full ability to move his body. He could turn right. over on the floor. He can give you a high five. Nice. He, he could, could throw a ball. He could throw a ball. Wow. So, and in, in the later years when uh, our computers and touch screens became available, that became a real entry point because he had the ability to touch the different right. squares on a screen right. and get... In in your you know assessment of being a parent and spending a lot of time with your son, more time maybe than the average parent gets to spend with their child who's who's busier and off to school and all of those things. And you said a moment go, a moment ago that he didn't get to move in the way he wanted. Do you know that for sure? Because you know I personally believe, and I know this may not make everyone happy when I say this. I believe that it, there, it, there's no accident in incarnating to Earth. Of course, I believe in reincarnation and all of those things. So I believe we choose to come here. I really do, and I even believe that we um, choose a lot of the circumstances surrounding our birth and our our lives, especially about how we, f- you know, first get here. I believe in free will. So once we're here, things may change. Um, but I, I'm not so sure. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that, especially with a laugh, the way that you described Max and the way that I saw Yegane laugh. Um, I think that sometimes we assume that people who can't do the things that we can do, that things that we think are normal, that they miss them or they feel bad about it. And, and I'm just 
You know, did it ever? Did you ever wonder if I, he was I, content? I did wonder, and and still, I'm trying to think about that and how how to approach that. I will say that it was pretty obvious when Max was not sick that he was not in pain, not uncomfortable, that he was comfortable in his body. It was the body that he knew from birth. Yeah. Okay? yeah. So given all that, I didn't see signs of him not wanting to to. Okay, sometimes, okay, I'll backtrack. There were some times when you could tell he wanted to do something more that he couldn't quite, (laughs) but this guy had perseverance. He would (laughs) keep trying and trying. I loved his perseverance. Yeah. I loved that ability that he had. Right, right. And I think it takes a courageous soul to come to earth and be different. I really do. And that souls are wanting to have all types of experiences. And I think when parents can have the delight that you've had, and and we'll talk about the tough times too, you know, right? The, the delight that you had with Max, that that's magical. Regardless of how a person lives their life, that the time and the union that we can spend together is wonderful. And we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I have Marty Perlman in the studio today. He has an essay in the book, Dads of Disability. The author is Gary Dietz. He collected and edited all the essays here in the poems. Um, it's a wonderful book about... Understanding fathers who are kind of a, a unique subcatalog. We always hear about women and their stories, and and I think also women like to suffer silently. Frankly, um, as a woman, I, I know we do that. Dads don't like to do that, and and I appreciate their honesty and their directness. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It's not time to make a change Just relax, take it easy You're still young, that's your fault There's so much you have to know Healing is so important to the body and Marie would like to help you do that in the very best of ways. Here's a list of upcoming events and workshops where Marie can help you. Join her at East West Bookshop Friday, July 25th at 7.30 to 9 p.m. for a talk on letting your body tell you what it needs to heal. And on Saturday, July 26th from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m., a workshop, and it's all about connecting to the infinite intelligence within. September 19th through the 21st, she'll be in Redmond, which she'll have a workshop on how to become a Reiki master. Then in October, maybe you want to meet Marie down in Portland, Oregon. She'll be there for a weekend at Ohm Base. On October 3rd, from 7 p.m. to 8.30, it'll be a talk on Love Your Body Back to Health. Followed by on October 4th, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., a workshop on Connecting to Guidance. For more information about Marie's show, visit her website at energyintuitive.com. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Manifesting dreams into reality is meant to be exciting and easy. When the tools you use stop working, a lack of self-worth is most likely holding you back. Marie's Affirm Your Worth cards are the perfect solution to increase self-appreciation while magnetizing your dreams into reality in a nurturing and fun way. Order the Affirm Your Worth cards online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. 
We live in a world that's become predictable. Our realities are filled with distractions, hopelessness, and confusion. We've begun to lose touch of what we're truly capable of. It's time for us to regain our true potential. Join psychic medium and crystal child, Lindsay Paul, as she connects to the other side and brings back messages from beyond, along with her psychic and skeptic, Abraham DeWeese and Indigo child, Sarah Ellis. They'll help you sort of new heights by answering your questions. Don't miss Wisdom Within Radio, Thursdays at 1 p.m. No other station brings you this much variety. Welcome to Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. How can I try to explain when I do he turns away again it's always been the same same old story And welcome back to the Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. I'm talking with Marty Perlman. He has written an essay that is in the book of Dads of Disability. And the book is a collection of stories and poems rich in specific contact and imagery that illustrate a father's perception and reaction to a variety of experiences from before and through birth to diagnosis to the workplace to serious medical or behavioral issues to father's support circles and much more, including aging and death. Many inflection points are explored by fathers and mothers and children. Each entry focuses on male and fatherhood themes. You know, I found this book inspirational. I good loved it. It, it touched my heart. It warmed me. Um, it was. It's really about human life and human reactions, and and I just I loved it. I thought it was great. That that is terrific that you had that reaction because uh, Gary, the the editor and person who created this book, really. Did not go for the sugar-coated, yeah. happy, right. happy, happy, happy. There's, of course, there's there's humor in the book. Right. There are a lot of emotions expressed, but it's 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 truth. It's real. It's it's real. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, and and I love the title of your essay, "A Son's Life Force." Of course, you know I'm a woo-woo person. I love mis- mystery and mysticism, and so of course, life force just fits right into the whole thing of energy medicine and all of that. And so, would you mind reading a part of your essay? Sure. Thank you. From the moment Max was born and quickly moved from the maternity room to the ICU, everything involving his care was harder and more demanding than what I saw other dads experiencing. And the care became more complex with each passing month. I entered a world more of a universe, actually, almost beyond my comprehension. Max's condition was officially diagnosed at 10 months, athetoid, that's involuntary movement, hypotonic, decreased muscle tone, cerebral palsy. Our new world included specialists, therapists, and dietitians, special equipment, insurance, and then came special education and hospital admissions. But it also included Max and me finding ways for him to hold and throw a ball. Not a baseball pitch in the league, mind you, but a throw nevertheless. They got a, a laugh out of him and a cheer out of me. That was just beautiful, yeah. You could tell I was yeah, you miss him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Makes me cry. It's adorable. <laughs> you also talked um, to me about um, how much he loved chocolate. This is great. <laughs> Ma- Max Max had a love affair with chocolate, and uh-huh. uh, when he was learning how to communicate with this, uh, it was pre iPad, so it was it was a touchscreen computer that fit on his on his next to his wheelchair. Right. There was a, a way to ask for chocolate. But to do it, he had to go through three screens. He had to press an introductory screen, <laughs> one that then the next screen led to food choices, <laughs> and then desserts, and then chocolate. Wow. So that's when, a lot of work. I feel right? like I do that every day here. <laughs> there you so go. It's not just for him. Uh, Benny loves chocolate, okay. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> big fan. Big fan. Well, here's what Max would do. Uh, for example, one day, Lane, my wife, and, and Donna, his, his great augmentative therapist, speech therapist, um, were, were having a lesson with him. And they were talking, and while they were talking, in the background, you could hear the screen saying, because it, it, it would have that, the voice would oh, speak wow. for Max. The screen would say, uh, next choice, food selection. Next choice, desserts. <laughs> and finally, I want chocolate. Right. And they turned to him, and he had expressed his desire, which was great. He had gone through three or four screens, yeah. and he got their attention. And, of course, you know, the chocolate as well. I mean, did you know as soon as he pushed the button what was going to happen anyway, most likely? Uh, not the first time. <laughs> I was I was impressed that, 
Okay, here's the thing about cerebral palsy. Oftentimes, yeah. the body doesn't want to do what the mind wants to. Right. But in many, many cases, the thinking part of the brain is the strongest part. Right, absolutely. So here's, here's Max knowing what chocolate is. He wants chocolate, and he's going to get chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. In one of the um, essays in the book, one, it's called Sarah's Dad. It's written by a woman who met a man with a daughter of um, disabilities, I think they were more um, kind of emotional, mental disabilities, not physical mm-hmm. ones. And 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 Sarah, um, Sarah's dad made a lot of life choices to support his daughter, who was struggling in school and had emotional problems. And one of the things he did was he left a job that he actually really loved, because it was a swing shift job, and he couldn't tuck, tuck her in at night. And he really wanted her to have a stable life, you know. And he was a single father, as well. Until he met the woman who wrote yeah. this essay for him. And um, so he quit that job and took a job that he did not like you know, so he could be home with his child. And um, the the wife talks about how the father and daughter created this wonderful bond that was extraordinarily healing for both of them. Just in their love for each other and his support of her and the choices he made to just be extraordinarily compassionate and an extreme caregiver for her. And it allowed his daughter to thrive um, and of course, allowed him to actually kind of fall in love with his his new job and create wonderful bonds. And I just I just think that in many areas of life, we have opportunities where we can thrive. And and we have this idea about we're supposed to have this you know white picket fence life with these perfect two point five children and and this dog you know and and these neighbors and all of this. And and yet a lot of people have that, and I don't feel them thriving. You know, I don't feel their joy. Um, I, I don't feel their um, their bond as much. I feel a lot of busyness and activities and, and not a lot of together time. And, and when you have a, a unique situation in your family life, it forces you to slow down. <laughs> you, know, you have to stop caring so much about how many weeds might be in the lawn in the front yard. And you're forced to sit down and really, you know, bond. Puts things in perspective. I'll say that. Uh, I do not get frustrated in line at a grocery store. I tend to be calmer in traffic situations. When you're dealing sometimes with life and death situations or just daily challenges that you you learn to meet, the things that tend to bother you in your other life don't bother you so much. Wow. Yeah. I I would say that's really true when you have to look at life from a more complicated scarier place it allows you to um, be calmer more patient and probably grateful you know probably you have a lot of gratitude standing in a grocery store line uh, for a few moments you know (laughs) taking a breather while you read the titles of people magazine and inquire there's also a lot of sacrifice i know before being a parent for those in need or others around you and then becoming a parent and then it just goes to a whole nother level that you can't <laughs> even explain. I mean, you start looking out for other kids. And oh, that's so it's, true. It's really true. And most people like, I mean, for me, I totally have noticed this in right. myself and my actions again at the store. You know, like some kids run around like, shouldn't you be with your parents? You know, or like, where are your parents? You know, and mine are sitting right there. And or, oh, maybe you should go get your parents, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go find yeah, those go people. Find your where parents are they? Right now, right? Well, and, you know, Benny's children don't have disabilities, but he has twins, which is kind of a disability. You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot of activity and kids. There's a lot of motion. Into, going yeah, on. there's a lot of motion going on mm-hmm. yeah and so you've learned you know to, to but it's that patience and the yeah. sacrifice that is exactly what we're we're talking right. about in the dedication and, and you know what i found interesting in, in both of these stories where, which are right next to each other mm-hmm. sarah's dad and and you know your son's life force is that both of the men were single and they both met wonderful women you know because sometimes we worry wow I, we all we worry if we have a busy life anyway and kids about if we're single about meeting partners and how's it all going to fit in and then when you have a child with severe, in your case, disabilities, and you met the love of your life, you know. Not only that, but I, I met someone, Lane, yeah, who was willing to link up with us. And at the time, Max was coming out of his, um, he was surviving, coming out of his cancer treatment. How and old was he at that time? At that time, he was about eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, so first of all, he had the wheelchair. Right. And then second of all, by that time, his hair had not grown out. And oh, he right. was sort of a rounded face to be willing to link up and get to know us 
Uh-huh. I, I, oh, know. she fell madly in love with him. Well, both of you. But she loved Max. She loved him. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, As, they had they had their own intimate and special they really did. way of, of being. And so, again, I, I see this. When we can fall in love with our life the way it is and find a way to appreciate it and value it and see its magic and its mystery, whatever the complications are, because, you know, a lot of people are not exactly thrilled with the way their lives have turned out. I think that when we can do that, when we can honestly and sincerely find ways to do that, then more magic happens, like meeting a wonderful partner that you got to then, you know, spend even more time with Max and go camping with even more because you have someone to help push you the, push the wheelchair with you. <laughs> and then you add in a, a daughter born, Yes, Lila. right. So, in fact, in fact uh, the first essay I submitted to the book was not the one that's in the book. Oh, really? It was one called Max Meet Lila. It was uh, something I'd written a little while ago had not published it, and it's about Max's reaction to Lila's being born because he was the center of attention for his whole life, and all of a sudden there's this new new one in the house. His his brow was furrowed for the first two weeks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what's this creature in our house doing? Exactly. <laughs> but they bonded, and, and, and in Aww. fact, Lila um, has been one of Max's strongest um, Aww. advocates. Aww. And and so what's it like to have, you've had both experiences in life, yeah. you know, a severely disabled child and then a child with n- no physical disabilities, you know, so what's that like? Uh, I got to experience both kinds of relationships, so that's one thing. The other is that we were a family, okay? Mm. We were a family. We would go out as a family. Right. And we acted like a family. We sometimes would have arguments like a family. Of course. <laughs> and to me, it, it was and is and, and was it was normal. This right. was normal. This was not abnormal. Right. I, if I could stress, I couldn't stress that enough. Right. And sometimes Max and Lila got along and sometimes they had their, their, their tiffs. Max could express himself. Love it. He could express himself. Love it. Yeah. Oh, lovely. I, I just think that's really beautiful. It's wonderful. So in the book, um, there's not a lot of sugarcoating in terms of, you know, some of the essays are kind of heart-wrenching in in terms of, you know, fathers expressing their feelings and their disappointments about having all these challenges and having things not turn out the way they wanted to. As a parent who's experienced both, um, I bet you wouldn't change a thing. That's a really, really good question. You see, I now have the gift of, of being able to look back Mm-hmm. at things. And to tell you the truth, if I had known what I kn- knew what would be in the future, mm-hmm. I would have modified some things. Uh, <laughs> right. I did the best I could. And I think most of the time I did a pretty good job. I, I think you did a fabulous job. I had, yes. okay, I had a lot of help in terms of medical people. Mm-hmm. Max had an incredible, um, Nicole was his, um, a worker who would, would be there when 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 I needed help. She she worked with us for years. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, family support. It's not an individual one thing. Me only with Max. So that was absolutely necessary to have a team, a really effective team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I really think that Max and I uh, co-joined. I think our souls, or however you want to phrase it, especially during times of stress grew very, very, very close. Right. You had a soulful relationship. I think that's what we're all searching for is these incredible bonds. And we can have that with anything or anyone and under any circumstances if we only allow ourselves the freedom to be vulnerable, in, um, yeah. to be curious, and to detach from in, any expectations we might have. I think that that having the experience that you had was really a spiritual quest. You know, it really it pumped up your spiritual juices. You know, it really forced you on the edge of um, of growth. Max changed my life, mm-hmm. and yes, in positive ways, in ways I could have never imagined. I also think, in terms of spiritualism, I, I don't know how far I want to go here. Some of it's a little bit private, but I do believe Max is a very old soul. It's yeah. not just me not just me saying it. Right. A number I of people have said it. If if you were to look have looked into his eyes, uh-huh. mm, <laughs> very powerful. Very wow. powerful being. Very right. powerful being in a very restricted physical right. earthbound way. Wow. So um 
So what what was it like working in the medical establishment, you know, because you had a lot of hospital visits and doctor visits and and then, of course, all the therapies that are involved in maintaining um, your child's abilities that he had and flexibilities. Because, you know, as as people sit and don't move as much or walk, their body can be contracted and and frozen in a way. And so there's a lot of work going on all day long and sometimes all night long. So what was that like working in, because you had to be really enmeshed in the medical community. Yes. And again, I started out at ground zero on that Mm -hmm. and learned along the way. Mm -hmm. When Max was doing well, you're right. We would take him to PT and OT and and his speech. Those would happen on a weekly basis. Uh, However, if he needed to go to the hospital for either something that was planned or for something that was unplanned, for example, Max would get a cold. That was all right. Then he would get a second cold. It would weaken him. If he got a third cold, you could almost guarantee a hospital admission. And when we did go to Children's here in Seattle, we um, sometimes went in through the emergency room and then were transferred. And you just couldn't predict how he was going to do. Sometimes he would uh, begin recovery. Sometimes he would get worse and start spiraling down. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was very tense and sometimes could go on for several weeks. Mm. However, again, uh, every time he pulled out, sometimes at, at the at very last moment, I, I, I do want to say that when Max did pass away, it happened very fast. He was visiting his birth mom in Colorado, and he right. essentially had cardiac arrest and was gone. That, that surprised me because I always thought that Max would sort of fade away in the hospital. Right. And he actually, previous to that, had had almost three years of his best health and energy. Wow. And then gone. How old was he when he passed? Uh, almost 23. Wow. Almost wow, 23. That's just amazing. Wow. You know, um, I, I've been at the bedside of a lot of people who mm-hmm. are leaving this world just um, because of my profession sure. you know, as an oncology nurse. And uh, a lot of times people wait. You know, they could be sick for a long time in bed and they wait till their loved ones go take a shower, go get food. They wait till they're gone because it's really hard to leave your body when the people who just cherish you are at your bedside pleading for you to not go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's pretty hard. And so although I'm sure it was a shock because you had an idea about how Max was going to leave, to me, I, I'm not shocked. It makes sense that he and I'm so happy for him in terms of a quick exit, you know, just a OK, I'm ready to go now. I'm not going to have a long hospitalization here. I'm just going to I'm away from dad and, and my stepmother and my sister and I'm hanging out with my birth mother who I don't get to see very often and I'm just going to have yep this is great no yeah okay we're going to go now (laughs) thus he did yeah wow really quite beautiful you know in in some ways I could have easily enjoyed having Max for more years I know and that's a little bit it's a little bit selfish too it's a little bit selfish on my part because ah gosh in my mind's eye, the guy is sort of like exploring the universe now after a restricted, being extremely restricted. Right. He, he you know, maybe free to roam the universe. <laughs> yeah. So who am I to say, Max, I want you for a couple more years. Come on. Right. And, yeah. and in reality, you have him forever. Mm. You know, he's, yeah. he, he's always going to be with you, loving the stories of chocolate and throwing a ball. <laughs> and, and I think that when we really love our lives, like how you've loved this relationship with this special, unique person, that that love has a life of its own and it never goes away. It never deteriorates, just continues to expand in the cosmos. And and so it becomes even more rich and more real. Even the story being published in a book, you know, with many other fathers and women who love fathers of disabled children expressing you know, their love, their frustration, but ultimately their love and the closeness and what they learned from these incredibly unique relationships. It's really quite um, heartwarming. I, I'm honored to be included in this book. I don't personally know the other dads who are sure. in it and the couple yeah. of moms who also had submissions. And there's even a, a child who's in here, too. Wow. It's an honor. Mm-hmm. And it is part of Max's legacy right? to have this be in there that other people can can read and it is and it's, it's a great to. honor it's it's absolutely lovely we're going to take another break here on the Marie Manu Chair Show I am interviewing Marty Perlman he is a writer and we'll talk a little bit about your writing when we get back and about the book where people can find it and I guess there's a special price going on right now that um, that um, author Gary Dietz is promoting right now and we'll be right back.
If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. You could become Marie's friend on Facebook or even follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's website. There's tons of new features like Chakra of the Month, a live Twitter feed, and three PDFs with extensive exercises for your chakras. You can also sign up for Marie's free quarterly newsletter and also get your questions answered in her Dear Marie column. Simply email Marie your question and she will answer it in an upcoming edition. Marie also will be speaking and signing books throughout the U.S. in 2014. Find out if she'll be in your area on her events page at energyintuitive.com. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the why. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights... We're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome back Caroline Heldman, Occidental political science professor who shares historical insights about today's political battles. Then on Saturday, Kathy Garver joins us to reminisce about her years as Sissy on the popular 60s sitcom Family Affair starring Brian Keith. Then Puget Sound astrologer Doug Johnston makes his first appearance on Manson Mitchell to discuss stars of another kind. Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Marie is thrilled to announce she will be back teaching at both Hollyhock locations in 2014. She will be at the beautiful Cortez Island in British Columbia, June 29th through July 4th. Come join her for this five-day workshop at a breathtaking venue to learn about energy, perception, and healing while basking in the beauty of Cortez. October 24th through the 26th, Marie will be at the Hollyhocks Vancouver, BC location for a two and a half day workshop on discovering and dissolving blockages to health. Learn to discover how you can unravel old patterns and return to your authentic nature. Register online at hollyhock.ca. Open your ears, open your heart, open your mind. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Great music, Benny. Welcome back to the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. I just wanted to set out a reminder. I am teaching in Seattle. Um, unusual. I've been traveling a lot the last few years, but I'm at East West Bookshop, one of my favorite venues. I'll be there Friday night, July 25th, um, giving a, a talk on letting your body tell you what it needs to heal. And then on Saturday, the, the following day, I will be doing an all-day workshop. And I'm just trying to find my little reminder page here. Anyway, you can go to energyintuitive.com and find out all about that or eastwestbookshop.com and find out all about what I'm teaching all day workshop. It's about connecting to your infinite intelligence. I love teaching. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the great folks that hang out at East West and to be in that venue again. I'll be in Portland and um, Vancouver, Canada in October. So, um, again, go to energyintuitive.com. You can find out about what I'm teaching and where I'll be, and I, I hope to see you there. You've been traveling so much. I told your pilot to double back around and stay local for a little bit. Just fly <laughs> around you. SeaTac, you know. Thank you. Yeah. you go to East West a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Then you can fly back out and do your thing again. That's you know? so nice. We need to have you here locally, too. Uh, here, so. Well, and this is the best time of year to be yeah. in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you not enjoy being here? I know. Yeah, it's lovely. So during the um, break, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, how I think it's important that people let go of what the, their expectations and be prepared for anything in life, you know, including potential challenges with with ch- children, you know, whether it's um, something that happens at birth or later on. Um, you know, I was very blessed that when I was pregnant three times because my former husband had had this really 
incredible experience with his cousin and the family really loved and enjoyed um, Yagone. Just loved her so much that we talked about it. Like, okay, well, you know, we've we've had all the tests and, you know, everything looks okay, but we don't know what's going to happen. And we talked about a game plan and, and how we would do whatever we could in the best interest of whatever children we were blessed with. And um, I think people try so hard to have everything perfect. And I really think perfection is really in the joy and the love and the growth that we have in life and not in the status quo of perfection. Plus, if we could predict everything that was going to happen, it would sort of take the adventure out of living. So uh, also, uh, I have to say that if I had known everything I was going to be facing, I probably would have uh, tried alternative exits of some sort. (laughs) So sometimes it's better just to step-by-step Deal with it's it. True. Yeah. However, these days uh, with testing and whatnot, many couples can get a preview, right? Of right. What might be coming. What might be coming down yeah. the road? Yeah. And and we're grateful for that, you know, because if you know if you're having early detection, then we can even have a birth a particular way so to that which could help the child in its survival or growth, or to have immediate help in the delivery room and the neonatal you know, care and all of those things. Lots, lots more options. Lots yeah. more options. So where can we get this book? So here's, here's this book, Dad's a Disability. And this book didn't come out of nowhere. It was um, the editor and collector of the stories, Gary Dietz, who, who, who put this together. And talk about a labor of love. This, this is one. It's... Um, 41 stories. you got 36 authors, several of whom are moms and also a child. And the book is, it's actually, there's, there's a, a softbound paperback, which is available through brick and mortar and Amazon and whatnot. Uh, there's also an e-version, an e-book. And uh, Gary wanted me to say that for uh, the month of July, he's um, selling the book at $4.99. That's half off the, the usual price. For the In e-book. The, for the e-book. Lovely. So a July special. Oh, we love July specials. How amazing is that? Christmas in July. Christmas in right? July. <laughs> it's got to celebrate at both ends of the I love calendar that. month. I lo- you know, and one of the things I love about this book, too, is that I, I think it'll help people to be less afraid of, you know, um, the millions of people we have on the planet who are disabled and and open our hearts to more compassion and to get to know someone who could really teach you a lot about life and yourself and, and create curiosity about, you know, how different life can be for all of us on the planet, you know, that um, it's not just one size fits all. I think and hope that we're, we are becoming more aware of that. I know that I am simply because of my circumstances. You know, if, if, if you were to walk down the street and have seen Ma- me pushing, pushing Max in the wheelchair and you see us for a few seconds— what would you know of our lives? Hopefully, you might think, oh, they look like they're you know, a nice family, but you wouldn't really know just what Max was capable of. If you're a friend and you see Max over time, you start going, hmm, this guy's got his own personality, his own interest. He, he interacts with me. And then, of course, if you spend a lot of time, as Max's therapist and close friends and family did, he is a valuable member of our, of our life. Valuable. Absolutely. That's just yeah. beautiful. Uh, really well said. I, I think that was stunning. So let's know a little bit about you. So you're a writer and you yes. say fiction and... and, and the, okay. So I, I work at the University of Washington Housing and Food Services and there I'm, I'm a communication specialist. And that mm. means writing for the web and whatnot uh, for staff and for students. Information about a very large program that uh, has a, a sort of been, been a revolution in what's going on in housing and, and dining over the past six, seven, eight years. Well, thank you, because, you know, my youngest has been a student there for, you know, she's in grad school now, so thanks a lot. Okay. Appreciate that, yeah. So a lot, a lot, of, <laughs> lot, of, a lot of cutting-edge uh, housing and, and food and also sustain- sustainability has become mm. very, very important. So I'm involved with helping to c- communicate that, Lovely. and it's great. My other hat is that since uh, sixth grade, I've been a writer of fiction, short stories, humor pieces, and uh, for the past couple of years... After Max uh, would go to sleep, I work. I've been working on a would work on a, a a novel in progress. That's all blogs. Wow, a series of blogs. Wow. So I'm on the third draft of that. Wow. So Hoping you're gonna let it go soon and I, let I need it be to published. It yeah, could you? We would. Lo- you're a wonderful writer. I well, love reading you. your essay. You. Yeah, just I would love to read more 
So please, please release that. <laughs> I, I do. I do intend to. And you know, in, in the back of my mind, there's there's a Max story that's more than just this essay. Yeah, I, 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 I would have agree. a lot of information, and I think it could be a very valuable story. There ha- there have been other books by dads about their singular experiences with their children. What's different, you know, about this one is you've got you've got thirty plus voices. Wow, okay, right. that's what makes this one unique. But uh, I, I could see me writing a story. I'm sure it would be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I need a little more time post Max's uh, death to just reintegrate. Right, because it's then, a long time to spend with someone too. You know, yeah. who, it's it's a lot to go through, and a lot. I'm I'm sure that you're processing still. You know, just information and feelings, and uh, you know, very much so. Yeah. When when someone is such a big part of your of your life, and you're still doing a lot of routines that would have involved Max, right? You are. Constantly, constantly reminded in a positive way. It's a nice way to think. We used to do this. We, wow. Um, you know, we just, my wife and Lila and I just took an eight-day trip to uh, Glacier National Park. In the old days, Max would have come with us. Wow. And we would have done as much as we could. He didn't come this time. We still had a beautiful trip, and we still were acknowledging Max during the trip. Well, I'm sure he was with you. There's no doubt in my mind. (laughs) If he he was with us, he had a good time. He had a good time. You know what it sounds like is Max had a lovely time while he was here on Earth. And I think that's what every being wants is to enjoy their time here, feel loved, feel cherished. And Max certainly was. And we all deserve that. He got a lot of love. Uh, Obviously for me and and Lane and his birth mom and, and Lila, friends, family, there was something about him when you got to know him. You you really enjoyed his company. Wow. Yeah. Well, I wish I had had the pleasure of mm. meeting him. Um, I, I I have met a little bit about him, and oh, yeah. certainly you know through you and your wife. I haven't met your lovely daughter as of yet. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this book, and we want to thank Gary Dietz for taking the time and and the um, joy that he had in putting this all together, because that's a lot of work, as you know, writing yes. and editing and, and then working with all these different writers. Exactly. You know, that's a lot of work in itself, too. <laughs> you know? And putting together the cover is actually gorgeous, too. It shows um, like uh, uh, it looks like three generations of people, men, you know, all males um, and of all cr- smiling, all smiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, a child being held in a man's arms. Yeah, it's it's really quite beautiful. So if you're interested in learning more about men with disabilities or dads of disabled children, this is a fabulous book. You can find it on Amazon and the ebook is on sale for the rest of the month. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Such a bargain. Thank you so much, Marty, for being on the show. Just I have pleasure. to thank you for allowing me to come here. Of course, my my pleasure. Wonderful to have you. And um, we wish everyone a gorgeous day wherever you are in the world and that you love all the people in your life. And as you're walking upon the earth, no matter how someone may appear to you, um, whether they're walking next to you or crawling next to you or they're being pushed next to you in some sort of device, you know, recognize that souls are powerful and they embody every aspect um, of creation here on the planet. And we wish everyone a beautiful day, joyful, joyful, Joyful blessings. (laughs) Bye-bye for now.